With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and Johnny McGonigal. Penn State football fans, we are getting closer to the Super Bowl. That means Johnny McGonigal is getting closer to crazy pants situation and he's holding up well i saw him in state college yesterday for a penn state media availability i think he's holding up really well i know he's getting nervous it's the blue white breakdown podcast johnny am i am i accurate in saying you're holding up well or are you starting to get a little bit a little bit nuts well look bob when you drive up to state college on tuesday and then you drive back on wednesday uh from the philly area to and from it's about six hours far. <laughs> Uh, a lot of soul searching. Uh, listen to a lot of podcasts, a lot of like Eagles, <laughs> Super Bowl related podcasts. It was great when I was being reassured about how you know the Eagles' running game is going to match up with the Chiefs. Uh, it was a little worrying when you hear that Travis Kelsey averages like 17 yards per catch on a crossing route, and you have to worry about you know TJ Edwards and Kaiser White covering him or you know CJ you know Johnson. It, it, it was a whole. It was a lot. It was a lot to to take in. I think I'm doing well. Got a few more days to get through. This week feels like it's been like just dragging on. Tuesday was nice. Uh, you know, obviously, work-wise, we get a lot of interviews and a lot of access. The day went by quick, so that was nice. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to Sunday in a big way. But uh, Tuesday was big uh, for, our, for, you know, for our work, for our jobs uh, covering the football. Um, you know, talking to James Franklin uh, for the first time since the Rose Bowl, uh, getting formally introduced to new wide receivers coach Marcus Higgins, which you wrote about, uh, and then talking to uh, the the 2022 recruiting class that was such a driving force and factor behind Penn State's uh, 11 and two Rose Bowl winning season. Uh, talked to Nick Singleton, which I wrote about. Drew Aller stories coming up on him and Abdul Carter and the whole bunch. So it was it was an eventful day. Uh, and and one that definitely helped get me through the week a little bit. You know, just look at it this way. You're less than a week away. We're going to talk again later this week uh, on a second podcast. I don't know what your state of mind will be in another 24 hours, but you're just like every other Eagles fan. So you guys are like a band of brothers and sisters. It's a, it's a family affair for sure if you're an Eagles fan. So uh, I would have a funny feeling, John, by the time Friday rolls around, if I asked you a question similar to the one I just asked you, you might be a little bit more frantic, but frantic in a good way. I was going to say I'm the I'm the opposite way. I get nervous early in the week before a big Eagles game, and then as as it gets close to kickoff, once I once I crack a, a cold one and sit down, 
Well, oh, the alcohol. Oh my sure. God. They're, they're winning 38 to 10. Easy. No, I work my <laughs> way up that way. I do it in reverse. So we'll see. All right. Well, just, just keep your hands away from your FanDuel account if you're feeling like they're going to win by 28. I don't want you to do anything you might regret. But uh, of all the things that happened this week, you mentioned all of them. The uh, Penn Staters, seven Penn Staters got uh, scouting combine invites. But I really think we can get to that. But I really do think that uh, we should probably focus on some of the things. We can't get to everything that happened on Tuesday. But between the players, between Marcus Hagan's uh, 30 minute session with the media and between James kind of recapping the 2023 signing class. And also I thought he had some very significant things to say in some other areas since it's, it's, it's your Super Bowl, it's Eagles week. Where do you want to start? Let's start. I, I, I think there was just a general tone, whether it was with Franklin, obviously the introduction of Hagan's and talking to those freshmen, there was a, a general tone and theme of moving on, you know, from 2022 you know, they're wrapping up the 23 recruiting class, bringing in uh, Jim Diona, uh, the four-star offensive tackle. James touched on that. Uh, he touched on some of the transfers that they brought in. There was a general tone, though, of like, hey, we're, we're you know, winter workout started that morning. Spring camp is on the horizon. There was a general tone of like, hey, we're, we're moving this thing forward. And I thought that was interesting to hear from the freshmen in particular. And uh, I wrote about Nick Singleton and I talked to him for an extended period of time about you know how he he still gets the Rose Bowl run, the 87 yard record record setter. He still gets that video and highlight sent to him from buddies, you know, people back uh, home. Uh, he's from Shillington and went to Governor Newfoundland. People back home in Berks County are still talking about that. But he has said, "Hey, I'm focused on what's next. I'm focused on being a sophomore, not a freshman. I'm focused on helping this Penn State offense in 2023, uh, an offense that is going to be without some key leaders and." I'm going to be interested to see who from that 2022 recruiting class steps up as leaders. And I think Singleton could be one of them. So there was just that general tone of like, hey, like that was nice. 11 and two. That was really cool. The Rose Bowl was really cool. Uh, but we're on, to, as Bill Belichick once said, hey, we're on to Cincinnati. Penn State is on to 2023. They're on to a season that has high expectations that, you know, people are setting from the outside and from the inside, internally and externally. Yeah, and I th- one thing I would say is, uh, and I think I think you could probably relate to this because you were on the beat as well. It's it's a different world now in college football at Penn State because um, James had talked about, hey, we're bit, the leadership last year that's moved on is as good as we've ever had at Penn State. He's in his tenth year, but I think what I would say though also is when you get all those contributions from true freshmen and second year players that are back, and when you have access to the transfer portal to kind of bring in two or three players that the way that they do it, Johnny, their track record says that if they bring in four or five guys, chances are two or three of them are going to be pretty good contributors in the fall. It just feels like on the one hand, yeah, they're going to miss Sean Clifford. They're going to miss PJ. They're going to, I think they're really going to miss uh, Jair Brown. You know, they're going to miss Brenton Strange, um, Scruggs. But I, I also think that they have so much coming back. And they've been able to kind of almost retool on the fly. So I can understand why the freshmen aren't maybe so nervous or anxious about, you know, or, or wanting to relive what happened in, you know, early in January because they have a lot on the table ahead of them. And they still are chasing some very lofty goals, both team and individual wise. So I, I do think it just seems like it's a little bit different. I, I do like to hear that from them. I don't know if leadership is going to be as big of a factor by the time August rolls around. Yeah, I think by then you would have seen guys like Nick Singleton or Drew Aller, 
Uh, even Zane Durant uh, talking to the the freshman now a sophomore. I keep calling these guys. They're not freshmen anymore. Uh, you know, Zane Durant uh, for a, for a good bit there on Tuesday afternoon, and, and he was rattling off names of guys who in that 2022 recruiting class who have grown into their voice or who, who he expects to grow into their voice. And uh, one thing that he noted, and I thought it was interesting and, and something that I think this class understands too, is that you don't become a leader by just talking a lot. You become a leader, especially in, in the, in locker rooms, uh, you know, during the week, throughout practice, you know, doing your job during practice, but performing on game day. And I think that's why the 2022 season was so important for this Penn State program moving forward, you know, guys like Deny Dennis Sutton and Singleton and Aller getting in, Katron Allen, um, you know, Abdul Carter, the names keep rolling, Drew Shelton. These are players that came in as true freshmen, made such a huge impact on an 11 and 2 season. And throughout that run last season, you could kind of feel among the fan base, it's like, hey, this is a lot of fun when they're when they're beating up on Indiana and Maryland, when they're, you know, doing the thing against Minnesota at, at the whiteout, but you know, capping it against Utah in the Rose Bowl. And there's an understanding, there's an appreciation for the seniors that were on that team, but there was also an excitement because, hey, we're doing this as a program with all these young pieces in place and playing such a big role. And so I think as this offseason goes on, as these winter workouts go on, especially for the guys who were early enrollees last year, this time last year, getting acclimated to the program, that they're just going to take that next step ahead into spring camp. And uh, yeah, you still have older players on this team. I think Olu Fashionu is going to grow into more of a role, you know, Guys like Sal Wormley and Landon Tengwall, you know, just talking about the offensive line there, but there are pieces on the defensive side of the ball. Kalen King, we can keep rattling players off, but I think this this freshman class from 2022, uh, now sophomores, you're, this is going to be a youth movement. This is going to be a group that is going to be able to lead this team in the 2023 and 2024. Yeah. You mentioned Kalen King on defense. I also think Chop Robinson, it'll be his second year at Penn State, third year though as a as a player at this level. And obviously Curtis Jacobs, who is a very interesting, I, I really enjoy, I know you do too, really enjoy talking to Curtis because he's about as honest as upfront front as it gets, a lot like Tig was, great sense of humor. But I, I do think there are some leaders that are going to step to the front. Let's talk a little bit about, though, they are turning the page with Sean Clifford. Um, after, after four years as a starter, he was at, in the program for six years. There, are, there is not really a veteran quarterback in the room. There's not going to be. It's going to be it's going to be Drew if he's healthy. Bo Prabula is a guy that I think is going to get a lot of work. But just that whole dynamic of I think the fans are really anxious just to learn as much as possible about Drew Aller this spring and this summer. What I like about him already, and he's got a lot of room to grow, is that he is also he does seem very comfortable dealing with the media already. Now, yeah, there hasn't been a there hasn't been a bad word written about him yet. So, I mean, things Things can always change, but I just just looking at him yesterday, listening listening to him talk, uh, asked a lot of different questions. I, I was actually struck, Johnny, just by how young he still looks. I don't know if you have that opinion. He he still he still looks every bit of like an eighteen year old kid. I th- I don't know if he's turned nineteen yet, but he's he's a, a gifted kid. But you can just tell he has not not even really started uh, really to fill out and just become. You know, just just a, a physical. You know, I, I think I think about where Christian Hackenberg was in his second year, and it just looks like Drew. The upside is just so impressive. But he, I just think another year of weight training and another year of working with Mike Yersich, and just the first year of getting you know first team reps in spring and in summer, I think should really do wonders for him. As as will 
the decision by James and Mike to play him in 10 games, play him in some big games. He actually was in a couple of big spots, especially right out of the gate, and he looked very comfortable against Purdue. But I just think that that'll probably be, if not the top storyline, it's going to be, it'll probably be 1A. How How is he looking? How is he handling things? How is Mike Yersich, you know, kind of coaching him this year differently? But I think he's going to be fascinating to watch. And I, and I, I do think it's it's it would be, it's it's important not to forget about Bo Prabula because I do think they really like him. Yeah, definitely. You can't forget about Bo. And, and he's someone that I was able to talk to uh, on Tuesday just about his mentality, his approach. I asked him if it's different anytime this year as opposed to last year. And he said that it, it, it isn't. You know, he, he came in uh, as, a, as an enrollee and just wanted to learn and be a sponge and, and just kind of take on as much information as possible. And he's approaching it the same way. And he's going to have opportunities. He's going to have increased reps, whether that's, you know, he was part, you know primarily working with the scout team uh, throughout the fall. And so now at the very least, you know, getting number two reps um, and as we expect it to be Drew, uh, given uh, the reps and, and the experience that he gained uh, in the fall and, and, you know, getting him in 10 games and getting him in <laughs> with Sean Clifford going out, getting him in with the Purdue game. Uh, but, you know, from that point on, getting him a drive down at Auburn, like we talked about this so many times before but that experience will do him wonders and having that tape having that you know we talk about mental reps and and everything that you know Mike Yersich liked about Sean Clifford is that he can go back and mentally you know check with hey what did I do against this team you know this year or whatever you know to have uh those reps and that film already for Drew uh in this offseason you know when he has downtime to be able to go back and look and see what he did you know at Indiana I think is that that's invaluable and so you said it might be, or we think it probably is a top storyline. It is a top storyline. Is is Drew Aller in this quarterback position? Because this 2022 class that has already seen so many contributors, you know, they were sold, I'm sure, by James Franklin and, and his staff of hey, you know, you can be the class that really turns a tie for us. You know, uh, I'm, I don't know if they were discussing a 12 team playoff or not. Uh, you know, but that's upcoming, and and they've got plans to make the top four in 2023. They've been haven't been shy about that at all, and that's not just the freshman. That's Guys like Theo Johnson and older players as well. They they've already won the Rose Bowl now, and they want to take that next step. And Drew is going to be integral to that if they're going to do that uh, this upcoming season. And I think everyone in the building knows it. I think everyone knows that he has the talent to do it. It's just a matter of putting that together and you know working throughout the off season. So I think it's going to be a huge winter workout, you know, uh, period for him. Huge spring practice, and then going into that summer ahead of uh, training camp. This is the Blue White Breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Everyone's journey is different, and we are honored to guide you to the best relationship with this incredible plant. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There was two 30-minute sessions of the of the second-year players that really weren't available other than Rose Bowl Media Day. And that was just kind of like a crazy scene because it was all it was just too cramped and too quick. But extended time to talk to pretty much anyone that was um, a freshman last year. And uh, maybe just give a couple of thoughts on a couple of guys. You mentioned Singleton. <laughs> he was physically impressive, Johnny, last year as a January enrollee. He looks even better. I mean, he just looks like he is he is ready. Uh, he looks bigger. He, he, he you know, I, I talked about Drew. Maybe he could kind of put on a little bit more weight and fill up. Nick looks good. I, I don't I think I think Penn State's good with where Nick is. Nick is physically. But I was going to say deny Dennis Sutton, somebody I, I got a chance to talk to also absolutely looks like he is ready to physically roll this year. Now that, there, you know, there's going to be a little bit more playing time. Uh, on the depth chart, and like he came in late last year, and they were they were pretty good at defense. Their the first two or three defensive ends, they were pretty good. He looks great. Two notes for me though, I got to talk to Katron Allen for the first time, and I always just say to Penn State fans, if you ever get a chance to meet Katron, it's going to be an experience. He's a very very he's a guy that you're going to want to talk to for multiple reasons. But um, I just it was a, it's just a funny give and take because. James Franklin made a big deal last year about him losing 20, 20 pounds and playing at 201. Last year when he played, he was at 220 when he got to Penn State. <laughs> They've updated the roster. They haven't updated the weights. And I was like, I said, Katron, you how you're not 201 pounds? He goes, no. He goes, I really never was. I said, well, what do you weigh right now? He goes, 219. So he is, you know, he he looks good. Uh, one other note, Makai Flowers, the kid from the Harrisburg area, safety. It's a crowded safety room, even without. Jair Brown back, right? They 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 Keaton Ellis is, is a veteran between Jalen Reed and Zaki Wheatley. Kevin Winston's another guy that played. Makai Flowers was extremely thin last year when he showed up. He said he, he what he got to campus, he weighed 179. He said he's up to about 196 now. He looks like he's ready because he was a pretty coveted recruit. Uh he's he's definitely an athlete. Uh he looks like he is ready to maybe take a big swing at trying to get some playing time at safety or on special teams. So I always kind of like to note to see if, what has been like the physical transformation between, you know, in, in a year who looks like maybe they weren't ready to play physically. Cause that's a big deal. And who looks like they are now. Nick Singleton looked great last year. That has not changed. Katron's back up to like the weight he was kind of when they recruited him and brought him in. And yeah, Makai's a guy that looks like he's ready now, maybe. Uh, to do some things that take. Yeah. And to just paint a picture for the listeners on what this setup was like, let's go back first of all to the Rose Bowl when you know, we were not able to talk to these freshmen at all during the 2022 season. That's James Franklin's policy, uh, one that's implemented you know, at most places across the country. Uh, but the Rose Bowl institutes that, hey, the entire roster is available for this media day. But they decide like how their setup was. They cram like four or five players at a at a circular table and so you've got you know four or five maybe even more reporters in the case of drew aller just crowding around this table and other players are sitting there and it's a little awkward this was a lot better this is two 30 minute sessions where 
the 2022 class was split in half. Each player got their own table. And so you could have just better you know, banter, better conversation. It was just made our lives better, made their lives better, I'm sure, uh, than just being hounded and crowded. But while there was a crowd around Drew Aller's table and you were among them because we split up the players, uh, I was able to just go freely and talk to other people. I'm like, this is kind of nice. Uh, and one of the players I was able to talk to during that session was Caden Saunders, wide receiver, blue chip guy coming in, uh, had a lot of expectations externally, and he thought that he would come in and, and perform right away. And, and you know, that's the kind of pedigree that he came in with. Every school in the country wanted Caden Saunders in their wide receiver room. But, you know, look, he was honest. He admitted that coming in, you know, he enjoyed the the, the last uh, bits of his high school uh, days a little bit too much, he said. You know, he didn't come in. His body composition wasn't where he wanted it uh, to be. And um, he, has, he had a close relationship with Taylor Stubblefield, the now fire wide receivers coach who recruited him. And, and they had honest conversations about, hey, you're not where you need to be. Um, and so for him to work through uh, the summer and start to gain his body you know, where he wants to be uh, physically, he feels like now going into these winter workouts in this spring camp that you know, he has a real chance to make an impact in 2023. And that's it. It's an interesting group, you know, with Marcus Hagan's coming in as a new wide receivers coach. It's kind of a, a fresh start for the guys in the room. Parker Washington, Mitchell Tinsley, no longer there. Uh, you're bringing in Dante Cephas, who is still taking classes at Kent State and he'll enroll uh, in the summer. Malik McNeil from Florida State is in, is taking classes uh, and has already looked pretty good. You know, James Franklin and, and Hagan's both said that they're, they've been impressed uh, with McLean, but it feels like with Drew Aller coming in at quarterback, you already know what you got in running back. Their offensive line is set. You know, tight end is solid with Theo Johnson, Tyler Warren, and that group. Wide receiver is kind of wide open. Uh, you know, no pun intended. And so you know, there's an opportunity there for Caden Saunders uh, to step in, and he feels like uh, he's in a really good spot to do that. And so, yeah, being able to talk to him, you know, like I talked to Abdul Carter for a while, story coming on him uh, later this week, just on uh, his expectations for himself and, uh, you know, he wasn't surprised by his own performances uh, last year, becoming a, a freshman All-American, pretty much a consensus freshman All-American, living up to that number 11 jersey. Uh, he talked a little bit about you know his relationship with Micah Parsons, uh, going to the big wrestling match a couple weeks ago uh, and sitting Matt's side with Micah and picking his brain. And so uh, plenty more to come on on PennLive.com, you know, for subscribers, you got to check that out. But uh, but no, it, it was a good session to be able to talk with these guys and just get a get a feel for where they're at, you know, going into their sophomore seasons. And uh, it's going to take a group effort uh, to get where Penn State wants to go. And so whether that's, you know, Makai Flowers, you know, contributing uh, in a, you know, in a rotational role in the secondary on special teams or Caden Saunders, you know, making a jump and, and providing, uh, you know, some some burst uh, in the passing game. It's going to take all these guys uh, as a collective to get done what they want to get done. And so. Yeah, and it gives us a, a heck of a lot of content. You know, during a, during a pretty dead time right now because it's not like we're at winter workouts and and all that. So yeah, it was it was a good afternoon, and uh, yeah, a lot a lot more to come too. Carter is another guy that not only looks like he is uh, ready for year two, but uh, he looks like he's ready for the NFL physically. Right? I I gotta say, I don't. I'm trying to remember. I, I, Micah Micah in year two certainly was a guy that you know. He, he was ready. This guy physically is absolutely – there haven't been many uh, linebackers at Penn State look like Abdul Carter looks right now prior to his second year. He looks like – if he was good last year, I, I, between the experience and I think he's gotten a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, a little bit more comfortable, I, I can only imagine what Manny Diaz is going to do with him with spring install. 
I'm sure Manny's going to be like a kid in a candy store because you can use him so many different ways to, to be his size and to move like he does. I mean, you're just talking about a very special player. Looking forward, Johnny, to seeing him. Let's just uh, circle back, though, to some, some of the guys that are not coming back uh, with an eye toward the scouting combine. So Penn State, seven former players have got combine inv- invites. It's going to start, I think, at the very end of February, carry into the first week in March in Indianapolis. I think, Johnny, before they announced the list, if you would have told us there was going to be seven Lions invited, I think we probably would have been probably absolutely blocked in on six of them. We might have had a different guess on the seventh one. I wasn't overly surprised by who got to make it. I was pleased they got seven. Your thoughts? It was it was four offensive players, two wideouts, Mitchell Tinsley, Parker Washington, uh, Brenton Strange, Juice Scruggs, three defensive players, Jayer Brown, Joey Porter, and, of course, P.J. Mustafer. Anything stand out to you about them getting seven? No, I, I, I'm not surprised that Sean Clifford didn't get the nod. Uh, there's a lot of quarterbacks uh, that need to be evaluated, and you know he'll have his pro day. All these guys will have their pro day. What what, what they end up doing out in Indianapolis, you know, in terms of workouts, like we'll we'll have to wait and see. But uh, the one that jumps off the list to me because Jair was a given, Joey Porter was a given. I think PJ was, you know, and Brenton. Like these guys are. Parker, they were studs at Penn State and they deserve to be invited. And all these guys deserve to be invited. The one that stood out to me, though, was Mitchell Tinsley. And I think just he he has done a lot for himself over the last 12 months, you know, coming to Penn State as a as a transfer from Western Kentucky, getting uh, acclimated to that offense and, and really being, a you know, not more than a security blanket, but he definitely played that role on third down for Sean Clifford uh, this past season, just made a lot of big catches and uh, in the Rose Bowl specifically to be able to cap his college career that way. Uh, and then during this pre-draft process so far has, you know, has, has really done well. Uh, you see clips of him all the time. I forget which all-star game. I always get the names mixed up. There's a hula bowl. There's the East West. There's all these different bowls, but he was at one of them and he was doing really well. You, you see his clips on Twitter all the time. And, and he was, uh, he was embarrassing a couple of corners with his route running. Uh, and so he's a, he's an older experienced guy. And I think he can fly under the radar as a, as a nice pickup. Uh, for some NFL team that's looking for a you know route technician, uh, because he he made himself some money so far this pre-draft process, and I think he has a chance uh, to do it in India as well as as do all of these guys. And a lot of eyes will be on Joey Porter Jr., who right now is going uh, in the first round, firmly in the first round. Uh, you know, potentially a top 10, 15 pick uh, once April rolls around, which uh, would be a pretty big deal for him. Obviously, would be a pretty big deal for Penn State to be able to hit the recruiting trail and say, hey. Kid from Pittsburgh, we developed him into a first-round pick. They haven't had a defensive back go in the first round, so yeah, this would be this would be a big deal for them. But uh, interested to see how all these guys play and, and, and perform out at the combine, and then again at pro day uh, at Haluba Hall uh, a few weeks later. Yeah, uh, Mitch, and the thing about Mitch is like right, so he 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 didn't take the easy road to get to where to the to the combine. You know, junior college player, Western Kentucky, not exactly a known program. Had a, had a solid, I think, first year there, and that had the, a breakout 1,400-yard uh, year, his final year there. I know they threw the ball like 92.3% of every play, but just watching him at Penn State, Johnny, I don't know if I saw him drop a pass in a game. He, if he did, it's probably, I could probably count on like two fingers the amount of drops. Just a, a guy that Sean trusted on third down, guy that found the end zone in big games. His first game, I think, at Purdue, he scored. He scored in the Rose Bowl. Um, you know, when Parker Washington uh, – went down you know he I think he definitely raised his level of play and you know I don't know where that post that uh that game was a, a month ago that you're talking about like on the 
on the NFL trail. I think it was in the Rose Bowl. Uh, again, I'm just not sure what the official name was, but he was. He might have been the East West Shrine Bowl. I'm not 100% sure on that. He might. He was wearing out some defensive backs. I saw the clips too. I, I just wanted to add, I'm really happy for Juice Scruggs because he really had a significant medical issue, you know, early in his Penn State career, I think with car accident, back injury, a little bit touch and go. It was not, it was a significant injury and it really set him back. You know, he was a member of, I think the 18 class, they really liked him, but you know, to go through that early in your career, you're basically not only the, the physical part, but mentally to bounce back, knowing that you probably put yourself, you know, a good 18 months behind the eight ball, you know, trying to get establish a role at Penn State. And they're bringing in guys every year, very patient, started to play a little bit in 2020, the COVID year, then got, got, a, got a starting job, earned a starting job in 2021 at guard, played center in the Outback Bowl. And then honestly, I don't think that's that easy of a switch considering all the things that centers have to do to go from guard to center. But I just thought early 2022, Johnny, he looked very confident, not only playing, but also the communication aspect of it. He was, I think he was a team captain as well, popular uh, among all of his teammates, but really happy. Uh, I think of all the players, Jair's another one who hasn't had an easy road to get where he's at. But the, just from the physical standpoint, what, what Juice had to overcome to get to the NFL scouting combine and, you know, hopefully get a look in the NFL, a long look, maybe uh, as a draft choice. I think that's a great story. It's a tribute to him. And he, he's a guy that I think it's easy for Penn State fans to root. Absolutely. And like you mentioned, the, the, the players love juice. Every time you ask someone, and I did this a lot, you know, going towards uh, the end of the season where you start, your mind starts shifting a little bit towards like, hey, wh- who are they going to lose here? Like, who's going to leave? Uh, whenever you would ask players, you know, who is maybe overlooked on this roster or whatever, the, the, a consistent answer was Juice Scruggs. And in terms of, you know, Sean Clifford was one who, talk about a six-year senior and, and someone who has seen it all. Um, and and he really harped on Juice and in terms of his impact on not only the offense and the offensive line, but on the team overall in that locker room and uh, the the culture and, and all that you're trying to establish within a program that, you know, Juice played a big part of that. All these guys did. Jair Brown was the heartbeat of this defense. And, uh, you know, I remember asking Manny Diaz about uh, Jair before the Michigan game, which obviously did not turn out well for Penn State whatsoever. Um, but it was a quote that I, I had just kind of logged and, and held until I did a story on Jair later in the year. And it was one that Manny Diaz is just like, you know, you, you as a coach, you just hope to be able to coach a player like a Jair Brown. Like guys like that don't come around often. And when they do, you cherish them. And so I do think Penn State's going to miss Jair Brown. I think they're going to miss Joey Porter Jr. and Juice and uh, these guys who are going to be at the combine. It's a lot of it is a lot of lost production. But again, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, and there's just so much optimism around this young group. And you know, you expect a Hunter Norzad to move over to center and and be able to perform in place of Juice Scruggs, assuming that's what they do. You you expect Kalen King and Johnny Dixon and Storm Duck, uh, the transfer from North Carolina, to be able to fill in admirably in the secondary uh, as they have uh, in the past. And so. Zaki Wheatley, Jalen Reed, and Keaton Ellis uh, filling in for Jair Brown. Now, you have the pieces and you've developed depth. And I go back to what James Franklin said after the Purdue game. He said, we want to develop depth. That is our goal. Uh, that is a, a primary goal this year. And that's what they did in 2022. And it's going to pay dividends uh, seeing these older guys move on into 2023. Yeah, the two things that stand out to me, you just that, that, that would be one of them. You know, the commitment. The commitment, he didn't just, it wasn't lip service. He said it, he said it early. He said, we are going to play our young players. More so than any other year, he did that. 
maybe he had a really good feeling about what he had in the room. But those guys were in every game playing, a lot of them playing uh, significant steps. That that and the and the uh, the renaissance of the running game and the commitment in the spring of 2022 to say, look, man, they didn't even have an offensive line really in spring. They had they they were, they were guys that were either injured. They had like four or five bodies, but they said coming out of spring they felt really good about where the running game was. James would joke and say, I'm going to let you guys decide how the offensive line played. It was kind of a running joke all year, but it wasn't a joke, right? It wasn't a joke by the time November rolled around. Um, and now they're so, they're, they have so many talented young players when it comes to offensive linemen. It's, it's, it's really neat to see them be able to kind of flip the script. But those two things are going to stand out to me about last season, and I'm sure it's going to carry over, Johnny, to this year. We have so much to talk about that we're, we're out of time here on this episode of the Blue White Breakdown. But between the true freshmen we got, or the second year, now second year players we got a chance to talk to yesterday, Marcus Higgins, excuse me, we didn't really get a chance to talk about what he had to say. I also thought James had some very interesting things to talk about his expectations for the wideout room and the wideout coaching. I thought, I think we can get into that on our next podcast as well as some more stuff about. The freshmen, but there's a they're, they're the second year players. I keep calling them freshmen. I'm with you. I can't. It's like freshmen until they play the, in September, but they're really not. So until until uh, until we meet again, Johnny, and I have a feeling it's going to be fairly soon. We have a we have really have a lot to get to. I know you're excited to talk about it. So guys, we'll be back fairly soon to talk more about Penn State as it gets ready for. Uh, spring practice and it's really not that far away it's going to be exciting and i hope you guys stick around uh next week when we come back go birds this has been the blue white breakdown brought to you by pen live <laughs>